0: What's up, guys? I am super excited about the episode that I have for you today. Uh, One of my best friends lives out in California. Um, I went to hang out with him. we have been trying to do a podcast together for a while now, so um, I'm really excited to share this with all of you guys. Um, It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a nice long episode for you today. Um, Again, I just want to thank all of you for listening, taking the time out of your day um, to reach out and uh, share how the show has helped you and show your support. Uh, It means a lot to me and um, just helps me uh, stay encouraged and keep going. So I wanted to thank all of you. Um, That being said, if any of you want to be on my show, I always mention this in the beginning of my episodes, you can head over to my website, zachwhite.org, click on the contact page, uh, fill that out real fast, your first and last name, your email, and then a little uh, message about yourself. That goes straight to my email. Nobody sees that but me. And I will schedule you to be on the show. So, uh, without further ado, I want to welcome a very, very close friend of mine, Connor Sinclair. What's up, guys? I got Connor in the house. Everybody say hello. Connor, say hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, it's good to be here. We are hanging out actually in Ocean Side right now. We're in our hotel room doing the uh, podcast today. But um, Connor's been a good friend of mine for gosh and man, a lot of years now. I lost count. Um, we've toured in bands together, played a lot of music together, been through a lot of uh, a lot of life crap together. Uh, I think you can count on one hand the people that stay in your life. Uh, forever and Connor's one of those people. Um but no, it's been good. We've just been hanging out. Um just just relaxing. I'm enjoying the uh the cooler weather. I'm not used to that whoosh. with with Phoenix Man, but <laughs> but it's been nice. I haven't experienced sixty degrees in God, in fucking almost a year now. But mm-hmm. No it's been good. But uh, just hanging out and Connor's actually moving to the valley. Um beginning of the year so i'm excited we're gonna room together so i'm excited about that that'll be uh be fun we're gonna bring his pooch out and uh he has a dog named libby by the way and she's yes. super cute she's super cute <laughs> how long have you had libby now oh geez i got libby when she was i think
1: like three and a half or four And mm-hmm. i guess she's only like five now now that i think about it yeah um but i had her for almost a year i guess but that felt like a lot longer and then when i moved out to california i had to leave her with my grandparents um because i couldn't bring her out here and then after staying here for uh, when i hit halloween this year i finally Mm -hmm. stayed here for a year um i got her back around then and uh yeah feels like it's just a whole big reunion big reunion yeah Yeah, dude that's
0: crazy well it'll be funny too when you bring her to Arizona with you, because then it'll be us and her again, which will be super weird, because that's how it was in Denver, too. Yeah, like, that's so true. it would be so crazy to have that. It won't be in your basement anymore, but uh, it'll just be funny to have everybody back again. But mm. um, No, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, uh, Connor and I are just going to um, gonna be tearing up the desert one one uh, day at a time. But um, It's funny, the one thing I love about Arizona that I know you'll appreciate, too, is the uh, just the the live music scene down there is super, super welcoming and definitely, like, um, just super open to new musical ideas. Like, I mean, at least from my experience in Denver, sometimes the music scene was a little more politically driven than it was, mm-hmm. like, just about the music and about connecting with with yep. others through the music. Definitely. And um, so it's, it's really cool. Since I've been there, I've noticed just... The love and genuine support for local bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you'll definitely appreciate that going to shows and stuff. It's crazy how much these kids just like have such an appreciation for just local musicians. They're they're in their minds just as energizing to watch as yeah a, a nationally touring act or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know you know from from touring experience, you hit certain cities where you're just kind of like you know you kind of have to prove yourself and man when yeah. you go to arizona it's so the opposite like you just you're you're in a band you're cool you're good like just <laughs> people appreciate your music because it's your music and i think that's really uh to have a genuine appreciation for creativity like that is pretty uh special and i've definitely noticed that in um in phoenix but uh one uh super off topic um one thing I wanted to talk about, <laughs> we've talked about this a lot before the show, but people haven't listened to me to this yet. Um, it's the whole float tank thing. I have to okay. talk about this. Okay. I have to talk about this. Not, <laughs> it doesn't have nothing to do with the whole <laughs> Completely switch completely topics, but switched it's, topics. it'll but, be worth it. So, for those of you that are listening and don't know what a float tank is or what a sensory deprivation tank is, as hard as that is to say, um, <laughs> basically, it's this tank filled with like 10 inches of water Mm -hmm. and over a thousand pounds of epsom salt and what that does is it makes the water so buoyant that you float like no matter your weight your size you float you can't help it and strictly from a like a non-metaphysical standpoint it's super healing to the body um one just soaking in that much epsom salt it, it kind of draws toxins out of your body but also what this tank does is the, the water is heated to the same temperature as your skin, and same with the air above the water. So you literally you, you lose your sense of touch. You can't feel anything. And it's pitch black. You can have a light on if you want, but I always go with just pure darkness. And you have earplugs in, and you can't hear anything, can't see anything, can't feel anything. And it allows you to kind of separate your physical body from your mental being. And it's so hard to explain. But I did this, for those of you that don't know, that are listening, I did this for the first time um, a few days ago. And I've listened to a couple podcasts that uh, have to do with float therapy or sensory deprivation, whatever. Um, One of them is the Joe Rogan podcast, if you guys don't. Have not listened to that? Please check it out. Joe Rogan's awesome, uh, great dude, and his show is amazing. Um, but I did it, and it's so crazy, dude. Because like, you just—it's so hard to explain. But you get to this point for the first like 20 minutes, you kind of freak out. Like for me, I had this moment where I was like, "Holy crap! I'm in this tank. It's pitch black. What happens if I get hurt? Has anybody you hear? Yeah. Am I gonna drown? You uh. kind of have that like, "Holy crap! But you have to like. I was like, "Okay, just, just." relax you're fine Mm -hmm. and once i did like like i said even without getting into the metaphysical stuff yet like the meditation and and alternative states of consciousness just being alone with myself in this like beautiful environment i was able to just go through like what stresses me out and um decisions i've made situations i've been in certain aspects just taking that hour and like not carrying it about the bullshit that you usually do like yeah. checking your phone or worrying about facebook or twitter or your job or your your relationship or whatever and just kind of being with yourself was so healthy like yeah. you know what i mean i don't know if you ever have times where you just kind of can like kind of unwind but it was for me mm-hmm. So different, such an alien experience, but it was amazing.
1: Yeah, I completely get that too. And when you mentioned like being away from your phone and, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, I think that's already something that at least for me, like I'll I'll have times where, you know, people will still be texting me or whatever it is, but I will purposely try to charge my phone on the other side of the room or something like that. Just because I start realizing how much just that alone separates me from... The thoughts or the actions that I would regularly have, absolutely. Um, but then <laughs> adding a sensory deprivation tank to that, yeah, it it completely causes total relaxation and and just puts you at one with your own mind to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, fully kind of as you said, like work some of those thoughts out. What makes you anxious? What makes you, you know, tick? Little things like that that you're fully able to, you know, absolutely realize things without the distractions of just
0: every day you know and life it's crazy too dude absolutely you realize like for me i was i was kind of at first your thoughts kind of take over and you can't quiet your mind at least that's how i am i have a lot of trouble just quieting my thoughts and then after about 20 minutes into the tank i had like your thoughts start to pass by you almost like clouds instead of living them you kind of see them go by and like i would see what stresses me out Or what situations where I get angry where I shouldn't. And it was so crazy to kind of get to that point where you almost are separated from your thoughts and you look at them, like, objectively instead of subjectively. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was like... I I noticed after I got out, like... Even even up to today, just the way I interact with people... And I've only been once, so I'm, I'm not at all an expert on this by any stretch of the imagination. If anybody listening has done this more than I have, I'd love your input. But from just that one experience, I've noticed a change in myself, the way I interact with people, how much more social I am, how much more open I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've always been a social person, but just the way... like, Once you get to the mental state where you can recognize your thoughts as passing clouds and like, okay, there's a situation where I get angry when I shouldn't. Or there's a situation where I get stressed when I shouldn't. For me, now that I'm out of the float tank, it's so much easier to recognize those situations. I've had it even in the past two days, situations that have come up where before the float tank I would have gotten angry, I would have gotten mm-hmm. lost in my thought and let it just ruin my day. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, that's just a situation passing itself by. And I'm I'm fine. I'm comfy. I'm keep going. I'm I'm okay. And We'll get into the metaphysical side of all of that in, in a little bit, but just strictly from a just a physical standpoint, like having that – you really feel like you're floating in space, having that much relaxation. Yeah. There's no pressure on your joints, and it's super weird. The first literally 30 seconds to a minute that you're floating, as soon as you get in the tank, your body starts to let you know what areas you carry stress in in your body. For me, it's and my shoulders geez. and my back. Literally, I lay down, and within 30 seconds, I could feel a lot of tension in my shoulders and my back. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they tell you that'll happen, right, at first, because those muscles are just starting to relax in a way that they haven't in years. Uh-huh. And, like, my leg was twitching, my, my biceps were twitching a little bit. And then once you can fully, like, it takes a minute for the water to heat up and match your skin temperature, it's, it's such an unexplainable feeling because you're just in this void of, like nothingness it's hard to talk about it with without sounding like i just took acid but like (laughs) it's so funny like you're just you're in nothing but that all relates to uh, a blog post I, i did a few days ago like i said taking a minute away from the everyday stress and stuff that we don't even know stresses us out comes out in the float tank like like you said being on your phone or looking at Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, certain updates when you can... Like, I do the same thing. If I'm charging my phone, I'll put it away or charge it somewhere else and purposely make an effort to take a minute away from it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's hard. I mean, society takes these things and makes them a crucial part of our everyday. Like, we have our bank statements on here. We have so much stuff on our phones that you feel like you can't live without. And it's just, I don't know, it's so interesting to see society progressing in that way where like I mean you look at people like I'll go out to eat sometimes and I'll look at couples or families and they're all sitting around a table all eating food fun. and they're all they're just fun. staring at their phone oh, yeah. Yeah. you know it's crazy exactly. like
1: or even for, like <laughs> going on dates or trying to form new relationships yeah. and stuff like that it's just constant like phone interaction versus, mm-hmm. like, personal interaction. But, I mean, it's so much easier said than done, though, yes, when you say, is. like, setting your phone across the, the room and not touching it or thinking about it or whatever it is. Like, even for me, like, if I'm sitting in my room, like, kind of bored, not really having anything to do, the first thing I do is pop up my phone, go yep. through all the apps I use, yep. this and that, check this game, play this game for a little bit, check Facebook, check Instagram. And mm. to sit here and think, like, oh, I'm just not going to do that, it as I said, it sounds so much easier to do that than to actually Yeah. Actually Or sorry, it. it sounds so much easier to say that than to actually, actually do, do that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's because it, we become almost addicted to those things. You know what oh, I mean? Oh we
0: do. It's it's I was reading an article the other day about like I forget what they call it, like device addiction, something like that. And it's crazy, like especially you watch a generation after us that like never grew up without a cell phone or the internet yeah. or anything like that they are you try to take their device away and you are like crippling their entire world it's insane you watch these kids that are so addicted to their devices and you miss so much of life like people survived for hundreds of thousands of years yeah without a cell phone or facebook or twitter or instagram or or snapchat or whatever Mm. And I'm the same way. If I'm bored or I have nothing to do, you pick it up as a way to pass time. And yeah. once you once you start to use that as a tool to feed your boredom, it just becomes your go-to. Yeah. And I think it almost becomes a comfort in a way. Does. You know it does. It becomes I mean? a, a almost a coping mechanism yeah. where if you're uncomfy – like I did a uh, study on this at, way back in high school um, of like you'd watch people that were walking in groups mm-hmm. first walking alone – most of the time, people that were walking in groups, yeah, you may have one person on their phone, but everybody's talking, and then you see that one person walking alone that, like, doesn't know anybody, they are smack dab on their phone. Oh, yeah. And it's like a comfort mechanism where if I'm on my phone, like, if I can't see you, you can't see me. You know, if I'm on yeah. my phone, I'm just, I'm in my zone, nobody's going to talk to me. And I don't know, it's such a, like, a. I don't think people realize the negative effects it can really have on someone long term. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been trying to be very coherent of is like when I'm with someone, especially someone I really care about, not being on my phone. Yeah. You know, and it's hard because like I think there's such a beauty in that like raw human connection where you're not talking through a device. And it's just, it shows. I think in today's world, when you can show someone you're giving them your 100% undivided attention, Mm -hmm. that is. I don't know, for the person receiving that, it's so rewarding. Like, you are listening to me with every ounce of you. There's no distractions. Mm -hmm. It's even good for, I mean, even just personally, it's good for your mental state. Like, to just, I don't know. Like, there's so many psychological aspects that play into it. Like, if you're, like, I saw a video the other day on on YouTube about, uh, it was kind of highlighting what we're talking about with people being on their phone so much. And it took this girl... Who was like 18 or you know whatever 18 19 and she's it was just her at first and she's like i'm you know i'm beautiful like i'm, I'm a beautiful woman i am who i am i'm just being myself and embracing it and i'm gorgeous mm-hmm. then she gets an instagram and she's scrolling through instagram and she's looking at makeup tutorials okay and she sees a makeup tutorial and she's like wow i don't look like that yeah i have to do that and then i'm pretty so she does her makeup to look like the video she just saw and she's like okay now i'm pretty Then she keeps scrolling and she sees another makeup tutorial that's Mm -hmm. totally different. Okay, well now I have to do that to be pretty. And it highlighted this issue of how, especially I think for women, and guys do it too in different ways, Uh but women, like, I think women for years have been influenced in how, like, what society deems beautiful through magazine articles, models, whatever. But especially lately with having instagram and, and these makeup tutorials or whatever like there's this idea of what a beautiful woman looks like oh, yeah, exactly. and then girls it's terrible they're gorgeous women and they look at these apps or these these videos and they're like oh but i don't look like that yeah and that video has fifty thousand likes or that exactly. account and that's another thing we've created this structure where and if you think about it it's totally not logical but the structure where, like, we put validity in our self-worth in things that have no actual sub- substantial value. Like, girls, I see it all the time. They'll put their entire weight on how they look and how many likes their picture gets. Oh, yeah. Which is idiotic if you think about it. But everybody does it. Oh, my God. oh well, this picture only got 20 likes. Is it is it really good? Yeah. This picture got 50 likes. Oh, but my hair was done like that. Maybe I should mm-hmm. do more pictures like that. And you create this whole environment of superficial bullshit, where you're putting all of your weight in how you look, how you feel, how you act, without even realizing it on the opinions of others or how many people like your picture. And it's yeah, like, exactly. It's just it's so funny to watch, the social construct of people, in today's day and age, likes used to never be, um, never, it was never a thing look at someone in the 20s or the 30s or the 60s or the 80s it was never like how many how many likes do you get on your picture or how how many followers do you have and now we base our entire existence for a lot of people on stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it's just like man this is just it's frugal it's not there's no substance to it at all but people exactly think that that that's the only way to have substance is by you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever how many likes I have. It's like that's just It goes back for me that whole comfort thing that we said earlier mm-hmm. is you know, for me like
1: my day-to-day right now is someone comes in, I need an x-ray and I go in and I take their x-ray and I come back and I play apps on my phone because all I do is take x-rays. Right. But the funny part is if I leave my phone on the desk that I'm sitting at and then I get an x-ray and I leave my phone on that desk when I go and take that x-ray, Yeah. I shouldn't be thinking about my phone at all. I should be thinking about my job and this right. person's radiation Your dose patient. and this and that. My patient, right. exactly. Right. Um, but I'll sit there thinking like, Wow, where did I leave my phone? Why why is I, I feel naked and yeah, awkward because absolutely. I just don't not even that I'm using it with a patient, You're I'm not, not having it on there Instagram, but I don't even have it on me. Yeah. And that makes me feel weird. Yep. And so it goes back to the sense of when and you mentioned this in that whole study with like the, the lonely person or well, the alone person, I should yeah, say, yeah, pulling yeah, up yeah. on their phone and stuff like that. Um, is, it, it becomes something to where you know, you have an awkward social situation. You know, no one's saying anything or whatever it is. I guarantee you the first thing that's going to happen versus trying to start a conversation is you pull yeah. out your phone and try to like almost ostracize. Did I say that word yeah. right? Yeah. Ostracize yeah. Um, yourself from the whole situation. It's, it's something where you can look into and your brain can go into whatever you're doing and you can almost distance yourself from what's actually sure. happening sure you know i don't want that to sound super deep or something like no that, but, but it's but, true though it's <laughs> exactly it's true. so easy to just like quickly distance yourself from the world and i'm not saying that's bad in certain situations no but let me bring it up this way is when someone calls me on my phone versus texts me mm. it becomes this like wave of anxiety yeah like, i almost it's like i forget how to actually talk, talk. to a human right. being Right. Because I'm not able to sit here and see their text and go, oh, this is exactly what this person wants. Here's how I'm going to respond. You can exactly. think of the responses.
0: Exactly. When someone
1: calls you and says something, for me, it's like, oh shoot, what are they going to say? Or like, you look at the yeah. caller ID first. And you go, oh my gosh, it's work. Like, what right. did I miss? What, what did I, what I forget? Happened? It's this entire way of anxiety.
0: Rolling.
1: Exactly. And when you mentioned earlier of like older people who never actually had text messaging, Instagram, all this stuff like that, it's so cool to see how. They still don't live like that at all, yeah. but us as a society, I shouldn't probably say cool, but it kind of just shows you how much the society changes. Absolutely. For us, now we can't even function
0: <laughs> without no, a phone. We You can't, know what I mean? We can't. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a pretty crazy social experiment to get a group of like 30 people and just take their phones, mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't know, it's just, like you said, we've created it's totally human made too like we've created this beast for ourselves where it's like we can't not not like you said even if you're not on it just not having it on you you feel naked you yeah. feel like something's wrong you don't have you don't have the most up to date information you know that's how it yeah. is for me like if i don't have my phone on me i'm like oh my god well what have people posted, or what are people talking about? And I, I've done even, even stuff for myself. For like, I'll delete Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat for like two weeks, and for the first few days, I'm, I feel like I'm living in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Like I feel like I have no contact. And I'm like that's so untrue. Like I, I can call people. I mm-hmm. can actually. There are so many other methods of communication, but like you said, I think a lot of people can relate to someone gives you a phone call versus a text message and you have no idea what to say. Yeah. You're like, "Uh, what do these people want? I don't talk on the phone." Like we forget as a generation that phones are meant for talking. Yeah. Like not text messaging is great and this it's a it's a very innovative thing and our generation grew up on it, but phones are meant for talking mm-hmm. to someone, which I think as we get further and further down the path of texting or snapchatting or whatever we Mm -hmm. don't know how to have an actual conversation with another human being something that can we can really relate to someone on or or open ourselves up and remove those distractions that's just hey look at this tweet or look at this meme i mean think about the whole term meme five years ago even who the hell knew what a (laughs) meme was so true yeah or a GIF or JIF, I don't even right. know how to say that that was word. not a thing, and we're creating these new social th- beings, yeah, like that that have no relevance in the real world, no relevance in human development. But we base so much of our interactions socially on stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I think it's inevitable. Like I, I mentioned earlier, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast all the time, and he talked about how he thinks within the next 10 to 20 years we're going to see artificial intelligence reach a whole new level where we have oh God, like yeah. computers that have the ability to i don't know like like exert free will almost oh my gosh yeah and it's and it's crazy you think about it with all just how I feel like technology is a lot like time in the sense that we have no control over it. Almost we do because we're inventing it. But it's just like this force that's Mm -hmm. put their hand on our back as a society and is pushing us forward. And it's like we're just a product of the times now and stuff is happening. And I think I genuinely – I agree with Joe. I think we're going to get to the point where we have computers that can mimic free will, decision-making, and that's – That's a
1: scary place to be. Yeah, and it's ironic you just mentioned that because the other day um, in the break room at my work, a doctor came in and he starts heating up his lunch and we started talking about our jobs. I'm like bottom of the barrel in this whole thing, you know, and this doctor sits here and tells me that he's actually jealous of my job. Mm. And I sit here and think, how is a, and I shouldn't even say a doctor, a radiologist is jealous of my job. Mm. Um, And I sit here and think, how could he be jealous of my job? And so I start kind of talking to him about it. And he starts talking about Teslas and stuff like that and how Teslas are made. And he's like, have you ever looked at a YouTube video of how Teslas are made? And the entire um, assembly line, I guess, is just all robotics and an arm that you're able to show them how to do the job once. Mm. And they just know how to do the job. And he's saying that he thinks that in 10 years' time... He won't even have a job anymore because all you do is you send these x-rays to what we call pacs It's a picture archive. Well, I'm not going to go into that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, uh, long story short, he thinks that you'll just send these, you know, diagnostic images to a computer and the computer knows exactly what to look for. He's like, it loses my job. You're never going to lose your job as a tech. You know, you still need that personal person to go and take pictures on individual people. A computer can't do that. Right. but it blows my mind to see how much society is changing in such a short period of time from, absolutely. as you said, the whole artificial intelligence. Yeah. Like, it's moving at such a rate to where jobs that people aspired to be and, and spent 16 years in school to even do
0: sure might not even have that job right. in 10 years right. because of <laughs> computers it, and electronics. Dude, absolutely. And it's a scary, a scary world to be in because it's like... You see these robots taking over stuff, and it's it's. At first, it was super mundane, easy little, tiny tasks robotics were taking. But there, I saw this article in China. They have now um, started using robots that look like humans. They blink like humans. They're using them as news anchors in China. So my boss was telling me about this super weird, and what what's cr- what's crazy about that, a lot of things. But um, <laughs> it's just. He's like, the, my boss told me, he's like, the only way you can tell is that they blink a lot faster than a human. But here's what's crazy. With all of, and I'm not going to get politically into what stance I take, but the whole gender neutrality thing and people that are born a male, but they associate with a certain gender or whatever. What happens the day that a computing process, whether it's a robot or just a mass computer entity, exhibits free will? At that point, if it exhibits free will, it has to have rights. If it can choose for itself, it has to have rights. But then at that point, it's not a living thing. It's a computing machine, whether it's a a robot that looks like a human or a computer itself. If it can get to the point where it exhibits free will, it has to have rights. If it has rights, are people going to try to associate a gender with it? Is it going to be a part of society? All of a sudden, is there going to be man, woman, and computer, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. what? Like, and oh, that's geez. that's a scary place to Android. get to, right? Because then artificial intelligence becomes like, for example, they have this. There's this game called Go, mm-hmm. and it's it's. I forget. I, I'm going to butcher this. I'm not an expert on this at all. But it's it's like it's way harder than chess. It's a strategic game, okay. and what they did is they they had a bunch of people that are. It's a it uh, comes from China. They had a bunch of people that were very proficient Go players play each other then they had a p- computer come in and play the top people oh, in that game I think game. I've heard of this yeah then they had that computer play itself like a million times uh-huh. so it calculated all the popular outcomes of the game everything now which was originally deemed impossible a computer can beat a human at playing the game Go mm-hmm. or sorry are you saying a human can beat the computer no the computer, computer can beat the human now okay Okay. Which people that were experts in the game of Go said it was impossible for a computer to ever be smart enough to beat oh, a human. Oh, okay, I see now. Okay. So, what's crazy if you extrapolate that, this computing machine now can can beat humans at Go. Now, that's a very a very strategic game, very logic-based, if you were to run that same kind of model in society where a computer then takes all of society's problems, Mm -hmm. runs different outcomes, runs those outcomes a million times, could you then argue that the computer has a better decision-making process than a human? Oh, geez. In a way, yeah. Theoretically. Exactly. Theoretically. But then in that case... You think you look at this model of like you even mentioned with the with your your uh, radiologist mm-hmm. who thinks that robots are going to take over his job. Okay, mm-hmm. that's true. But then you start looking at like, what if a robot could govern better than a human? Yeah. Because a robot doesn't have social constructs yeah. they're abiding to. They don't have biases. Yeah, that's what I are going to bring they're up. They're just looking and at biases, straight exactly. straight logic, and. And you could run a uh, test over the last three hundred years: How has government been ran? The outcomes, the positives, hmm. the negatives, and a computer compute that in a way that doesn't use any moral compass or yeah. any any social bias. Exactly, but it eliminates
1: the gray areas in a way.
0: Right, but it's like I don't know. Do you need those gray areas? Like I, exactly. I think that's you know what I mean. Like I don't I don't know if you. It's just a scary place to be. But like Joe Rogan says, I think we're going to get to a point in the next even twenty years where we start to see artificial intelligence in a way that we've never really thought could actually exist and i mean i've even seen studies of like they're talking about bionic prosthetics that can respond to the mind Mm -hmm. you have a guy a soldier that lost his arm in war gets a bionic arm put on that's way stronger than the human arm that responds to his brain and moves like a usual appendage like just stuff like that is so awesome, Mm -hmm. but terrifying. Because, (laughs) I mean, it sounds so science fiction-y to say that, you know, computers or robots are going to take over, but man, the way society's going, it seems more and more like that's the truth. Exactly. And I mean,
1: that completely blows my mind as well. I mean, from being in the medical field, um, even thinking about how a human can or a human I I should say uh, a robotic arm can relate to a human in the sense that Mm -hmm. his you know inputs he puts in that sounds so uh, what do I want to say electronic there but I'm sorry, the impulses that's what I was looking for the impulses he gives in his brain can you know move this finger move this finger whatever it is completely blows my mind you know when I learned how an x-ray worked I was completely fascinated in the sense of how did even humans come up with this idea how did they figure out how this was working And to start realizing that even this completely mind-blowing theory of how Mm -hmm. these work happened, you know, in 1890, I believe it was, 1886 or 1890 or something like that. We're in 2016 nearly 2017 (laughs) now.
0: What is the stuff that we're capable of doing as humans? Well, the general public isn't even aware of 90% of that kind of stuff. And it's just, I don't know, it's so crazy because, like, what I'm, t- what I'm worried about is, man, you get to the point where these robots that look like humans, there's a lot of different kinds. Most of them originate from China or Japan or Eastern Asia countries. But to have, to have a, a robot that mimics human behavior, like I said, can, can at least mimic free will, what happens if a human says they fall in love with one of those? Oh, geez. Is it legal to marry? What does that look like? Is it a man and a woman? I mean, those whole, all of those things we've, we've as a society, for thousands wow. of years grown up with, man, woman. Whatever you associate with, I'm not going to get into. But man, there's a man and a woman. Yeah. It changes everything. And it's like, I don't know, I want to think of like, star trek and iRobot and and star wars and stuff is strictly science fiction but you look at certain things that have happened and are happening in society and you're just like how can i don't know it's, it's like i said I, I bring it back to the whole technology thing it's like this hand pushing on the back of society that's just pushing us forward and we we're we're, we're we've created things that now we are just inevitable to controlling. Yeah. And it's just this perpetual cycle that is just moving forward in a way and a pace that we can't control. And man, I think even in our generation's time, we're gonna gonna see some some pretty interesting things. Yeah. From a technology standpoint and a robotic life form
1: standpoint,
0: if that makes any <laughs> sense.
1: And it makes me nerd out a little bit because I used to play this game called Fallout all the time. Love that game, by the way. Yes, I used to <laughs> convince you to try to play it. Um, anyway, though, but there is this one little, like, mission, or whatever you want to call it, where you find out there's this, like, missing android, and you have either the option to return the android to the person who created it, okay, um, or you find out more and more that this android has its own free will, it has its own thoughts, you know, and so then you decide do you want this android to you know, live kind of its own life, and that's kind of what this whole conversation reminds me of. A bunch is the fact that how do you decide who has the power over that? Yes, it's mm. still a computer; it's still something that someone else has created. Sure. But at what point does it have its own rights, its own rights?
0: You know, right? And at what what point does it become its own entity that has control over itself? And the second, I think that's where the whole free will thing comes in because the second a a computer based thing can exhibit free will that also implies that it has control over itself its actions its decisions and that's just i don't know how can i guess the real question is how can you have free will if you don't have a moral compass exactly i don't i don't i mean maybe you can but that's just i mean but at what point can like morals almost be mapped Right, like let's look at Christianity and stuff like that. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not trying to call Christianity out or any means or by any means, but it's easy to say like, oh, you know, these are the morals of Christianity. Sure, does it not sound plausible that they can simply input those in a computer and say right? that's what it's decision making is. Right, logic is even, this, yes is that. Yeah.
0: This is good, this is bad. And you're able A&B. to teach computers.
1: When I brought up the whole Tesla thing, what they do is they like take these arms and stuff and they're able to show them the job once. And right. From that point on, that arm learns what it's supposed to do. Right. It's able to repeat that. At what point are you able to give these robots kind of a moral compass in a way, but then also the mm-hmm. learning capability to where they're able to kind of adjust for the curve sure. in life. You know, sure. and
0: fill out those gray areas. Right, well, and that's, that's the crazy part is you can teach them you could you could compute right and wrong for a robot or whatever but like you said the gray areas at some point like the computer that learned how to play go and beat a human it played itself a thousand times so at some point it's like does it look to fill those gray areas does it look at all the similar situations and calculate an outcome for an, an unknown area it's just crazy to think about i mean if we actually ever got to the point where like I don't know, a a, a computer or a, a robot or cyber or whatever has its own identity. Like, that's just a crazy place to be in. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... I mean, you, you just look at the overall uh, jump in technology over the past 50, 60 years, man. You go from, like... I mean, just... How far technology has come! If you would have told people in the in the '60s or the '50s that we were going to have robots that are fucking anchoring the news, or like even Tesla cars that drive themselves, mm-hmm. people would have been like, oh, that's like that's something
1: out of Star Trek." Or just the other day, I, I'm probably not going to get this news story right, um, but I think it was like a Budweiser or a Bud Light semi truck drove itself like that's across insane. the nation or something that's like that. It blows my mind to think that cars even as massive yeah, as that. Yeah. Who literally, like, they hold other drivers on the roads' lives in mm-hmm. their hands. I mean, there's no one driving the car in the first place. So, I mean, there's no life they should even be considering for the fact that it makes that delivery safely without hurting someone. How does that even work? Well, and
0: that's that's another point, man. We're putting trust in these computers. Yeah. like, driving a freaking semi, having a semi drive itself, yeah, you... You, If you drive a semi, you win in any accident ever. Yeah. And having total faith and trust, like, I don't know, I've always been hesitant to the idea of a self-driving car just for the simple fact that, I mean, you're putting all of your faith and trust in a computer driving a vehicle like that just seems foreign to me like and i'm sure 50 years from now it's going to be the mainstream norm that everybody just has a self-driving car and if you want to drive your own car you're weird but i'm going to be one of those old guys that like i want it how it used to be yeah. i don't want to drive my, which is weird to think that that's going to be what it is but like which is so funny cuz
1: i've had people come in who i keep bringing up the whole x-ray thing but i feel like i have a lot of examples relating to normal life i guess Uh, but it's funny how people come in and they're so fearful of radiation through x-rays and stuff like that and i'll sit here and go like Mm -hmm. honestly like the x-rays really are not that bad ct scans i mean they can be six years worth minimum of a daily exposure and stuff like that but people will come in just getting one little x-ray and think that they're you know one person told me like you have the most dangerous job and i'm like I don't, I'm I don't really shield. even yeah. you standing here, I could take 50
0: freaking exposures of you and you'd still be fine if that well dude, I even remember like there was a few years ago and I was going through a lot of medical stuff and I was in the ER and I had just had two CAT scans done and then um, they did another CAT scan and uh, a couple x-rays on me and they're like, we, we're done, like we can't give you any more radiation and I like, I guess I knew up until that point that That kind of procedure used radiation, but never, I was never super aware of that. Mm -hmm. And after that, I was like, oh man, like, I guess I have, like, I guess I've been exposed to radiation. And the funny thing is, which you know way more about this than I do, after the fact, my cell phones, dude, I probably went through five phones in, like, six months. Like, my phones kept breaking. Yeah. I couldn't text. I couldn't call. And everyone thought I was just stupid. I'm like, no, like, I like these phones. And it was just, I, I the whole joke was Zach's radioactive, mm-hmm. which apparently I was. And
1: that does, I mean, you're getting so much radiation from those procedures and stuff like that. <laughs> and I remember I was actually kind of with you through a lot of that. Because yeah. when you were into the ER and stuff like that, like... We went through a lot of that stuff together, given I wasn't the one in the ER, um, I was the one driving the car, of course, which you took the the brunt of that force, which I was just talking about that the other day, by the way, not to suddenly switch subjects here, Yeah. um, but the guy I'm working with, he has hurt both of his knees from being in a car accident. Mm and so I started talking about car accidents with him and we got on the whole subject of like yeah you know I was in my ex-girlfriend's car or girlfriend at the time's car yeah. and my best friend was sitting in the back seat and we ended up getting completely plastered by this dude from the back um and I remember when we actually went back to go to look at the car after because the insurance guy had to come and see if it was yeah, totaled, which right. was obviously totaled in right. the first place. But um, he looked, and I mean, the car had literally came into the car that hit us came into the back seat where you were actually sitting. Yeah. Um, it. I mean, it. Long story short. Sorry for the language, but it. Fucked up the car and probably you as well. Yeah. Um, so given those CT scans, I'm sure were incredibly helpful mm-hmm. in you know diagnosing your health condition and being able to move forward from that. But sure. there's so much radiation coming from that that at some point they have to say no 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 enough you're getting is enough. Exactly. The yeah. Enough is enough to the point where exactly as you said you are going to become
0: radioactive. Right. Um, <laughs> which apparently I did. <laughs> which exactly Fuck. apparently you did. Uh, just watching my... It was so funny, though, like, watching my cell phones break because I was like... I'm not the I'm not the teenager at the time that was like, I hate this phone or I want this new upgrade. Yeah. Like, I was just like, my phones keep fucking up and I'm not doing anything. Exactly. And then I kind of... I had that realization of like, well, shit, they did tell me I was like... Radi- I went through so much radiation. Like, maybe that plays a part. Oh, well, yeah. But it's crazy, dude. That's so... I don't know. It's something I don't know a lot about, but it's so interesting. And like, I don't know. It was always crazy for me just like you said the car was so fucked up like I, I know I touched on this a little bit in my intro episode that I told you guys my listeners um just kind of like stuff I had been through um for those of you that don't know you obviously probably know now Connor was in the accident with me um I know I touched on my best friend that's my best friend that was in the accident and um I man it's just crazy like stuff like that that happens to you um it's just I don't know the way it can it can uh Molds your future. It's super interesting. Like I think about that all the time, and just I don't know. For me personally, getting like going through something like that, um, I-, I tell people this all the time when they ask about like just my story or where I came from, like how I don't know. Like it was a terrible thing to go through. You and I both for that accent. Mm. but there's so much beauty that can come from such traumatic events. Like for me personally, it helped me kind of. I don't know, appreciate the day to day a little bit more. I was yeah. so, I took myself way too seriously um, mm-hmm. in just life and, and the music stuff we were doing and everything. And it really helped me to just kind of open up and take life a lot less seriously. And that was like the biggest, I don't know, just realization for me was just to kind of, I don't know, like I remember when I was in the hospital, I was like, wow, well, I know the day that could have been on my tombstone. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where I'm like, just take life every day as it comes. Take everything with a grain of salt and just kind of, I don't know, just do what you feel, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, as hippie, go free-free as that sounds. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I took myself a lot less seriously and just kind of, um, like I guess, especially with all the music stuff we were doing, how much touring we were doing and shows, it was just kind of like, man, enjoy the moment. Um, don't put much else into it than what you're just doing in the given time frame and yes. just go with it um but no that's crazy uh, there's a lot of beauty in traumatic events like that that uh I don't know people don't really realize unless they go through them. exactly um but as you can hear by the honking like I can say we're in our hotel room <laughs> yeah. right now uh we're literally right outside the highway um and we're in Oceanside California right now so probably hear some noises or some honks or whatever but um no it's been crazy it's been interesting um life is crazy life has a way of of uh just moving forward in a way that yeah you just kind of flow with
1: and one cool thing i want to like touch on when you said like take your life like less seriously and, and going with the whole touring thing and you'd be able to relate to this is when you're waking up in a different place every single day and you're able to experience somewhere where everyone is a stranger besides Mm. i guess those people closest to you You're with but totally uh, um you're able to kind of almost like distance who you think you are and like you know for example one night in new york you can sit here and and you can try i guess this out roughly i'm doing air quotes here yeah Um, (laughs) but you can try this out then you you know wake up and then well it's gonna be crazy to go from new york to california but let's say then you wake up in california and you can try something else out it's really cool to be able, as you said, take yourself less seriously and just start picturing yourself being a different person doing this and yeah. that and all the things that you've always kind of, um, struggled with yourself. Like for yeah. me, it's like anxiety and little things like that. You can suddenly wake up and go, I'm going to be this like super confident, like so-and-so. And then you're able to do it because mm. you're able to distance yourself from, you know, everyday totally. people who actually know, know that you. you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When well, you, and
0: that's, yeah, it's, like you said it's just when you can when you're in a new environment where you can kind of create your role yeah you can you don't have to go out and worry about running into the same people that know you or know your history or yeah. your story you know it's what a I mean? much better way to say no but it's true though like i totally get you like just i mean I've, i know you've experienced that moving to california same with me in arizona when you don't when you first move you don't know a lot of people you're in yeah. a brand new area an area you never thought you'd live and especially from you and I coming from Denver um, where we had uh, just uh, a lot of people that knew who we were, Mm -hmm. whether it was friends or fans of the bands we played in or whatever have you, just we had a good group of people that knew who we were coming to a new area where you kind of like it's a new stomping ground and you kind of not really have to prove yourself, but just you can can write your own future, right, whoever you want to be. It's interesting because like you said, it – it's a benefit more than a curse, which people wouldn't realize. You can go out and say, "I'm going to be that." You know, if you struggle with anxiety like you and I both have, or whatever mm-hmm. you struggle with, you can go out and be intentional about. I'm going to. I'm a new person in exactly. a new area. Nobody knows me, and I'm going to go be whatever I want to be and mm-hmm. make it. Write your new story. You know what yeah. I mean. I'm definitely related to that. It's being in Phoenix. You know, I, I mean, I moved for my my uh, my girlfriend, but it's crazy. When you first move, you don't know a lot of people, and so you're just kind of like, man, I can go anywhere. And nobody knows who I am. They've Mm -hmm. never seen me. They don't know my name. And it's like a super intimidating feeling, because you're like, I don't have anybody. But at the same time, it's super... Exhilarating! You're like, man, I can be whoever the hell I want to be.
1: It's so easy to put your past behind you. Exactly. You know, I think it's so easy exactly. to be haunted by mistakes and, and decisions you've made to where you're sitting here going, nobody knows. Yeah. You know who I actually or who? Well, the thing is, is nobody really knows who you are in the first place. But it's so easy right. for you to, you know, right. picture that in your head and go, everyone exactly. thinks I'm a failure. Everyone thinks I'm yep. this or that or whatever. And to suddenly just come in and go, no one knows anything about me. I'm making my own story. Right then, yeah. And there. You know, that's when you're able to, to just... You write your future. You make, yeah. you
0: make whatever you want to be, you put it into action. And then you start creating a new environment around yourself that is based on that person, not your past. Exactly. And who you want to be. Exactly, not who yeah. you were. Exactly. And that's... Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, I think moving to a new area, you and I have both just recently been through that. You're about to be through that in another Again, six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Granted, you'll know me, but... Yeah. Still, it's i would i don't know i would encourage anyone that suffers which it's hard to do because it feels counterintuitive that suffers with like control issues or just sticking to that comfort zone which i've talked about in three or four of my blog posts getting out of your comfort zone move somewhere if you have the ability to or in the future or you've been toying with going to a new location how however crazy it may seem or just it's going to be scary because it's out of your comfort zone it's not familiar it's a new area nobody knows you I'm not going to lie. It's terrifying. A lot Mm. of aspects of it are terrifying, but I encourage all of you to do it because it is, if you've been toying with it, at least if you're comfortable where you are and you're happy and you, you've got a whole path, don't just up and leave. But if you've been toying with moving somewhere, do it because it's, there's nothing more validating that you are okay with you when you move somewhere where nobody knows you and all you have to do is rely on yourself. You know what I mean? There's, There's, there's nothing more freeing than I don't know. It's like I said it's such an a such a paradox because it's so terrifying but so freeing at the same yeah. time.
1: And know? I mean even if you don't have the capability to move either, it doesn't mean you can't spend that time with yourself. You know, we started this Absolutely. whole episode about sensory deprivation tanks and stuff like that. And Being able to distance yourself from what you feel like your reality is and and take this whole different perspective, almost becoming like third person versus uh, first person. Absolutely. And kind of realize the things you do want to change yourself. Even if you are stuck in the exact same spot, it doesn't mean you can't start implementing some of these things that you do want to change about yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. And it's being able to... It's such a... I don't know, an unorthodox task for some people to like realize that your mental being and your physical being are two different things, and they yeah. coalesce and work together in a very organic way, but yet they're both very different. And being able to separate the two and focus on just your mental strength and your mental state will fuel your physical state in a way that I can't really explain. And like you said, we all we started this episode talking about the float tank... Just to touch on that really quickly a little more for my listeners before we go, I want to tell you guys that I, I would just encourage you guys to try it. I was skeptical at first, but I would watch accounts of people, whether it was YouTube or um, the, the place that I go in, in Phoenix, it's called True Rest Float Spa. Um, they have a couple testimonials on their actual website. But every city that you're in, it's become a lot more mainstream in the past 10 years than it was. I mean, float therapy's been a, a very popular thing ever since the 50s or 60s, but it's just now starting to become like pop culture. Um, I would encourage you guys to try it. Uh, it's a little weird at first, very a very alien experience, because it's not like anything you've ever experienced since you were like in the womb, just being in this like environment of floating and not really having those senses that you're so accustomed to feeling um but it really allows you the opportunity to just kind of break away from your thoughts, your actions and look at yourself from a very objective standpoint. And it's honestly one of the best things you can do for your mental and physical health. Um like I said I've only been one time and I'm like sold on it and everybody that I've talked to that've only been once are sold. So I would encourage all of you guys to try it. I know Connor and I are gonna try it um, together. We and I know Connor hasn't been, we're gonna go together and do it. And it's just so cool to watch the transformation that happens mentally and physically in one hour of floating. That's the typical float time. And uh, you go for an hour and man, you come out transformed in like the craziest way. So um, with that being said, to kind of tie it back into where we started, I want to thank my best friend, Connor, for coming on the show. It was a blast to have you. Um, You guys are going to hear a lot more from him going forward. Uh, He's coming to Arizona. He's going to live with me. Um, We're going to end up rooming together, so you guys are going to hear a lot more from him on this show, as well as Connor and I are also having our own show that's going to be coming out um the next couple months and i will definitely let you guys know more about that on the website i'll post a link to it once we get everything going we have a couple episodes down and we're just going to keep going talking about everything from gosh metaphysical things to just our personal lives our professional lives anything and everything you could imagine so um please stay tuned for all of that as well um like i said if you guys would like to be on this show you can go to my website zachwhite.org click on the contact page Fill out your name and uh, your first, last name, your email, and a little bit of info about yourself. And I will be happy to get you on the show. So, Connor, thank you again for coming on. You're and welcome. It was a blast. Absolutely. And like, you guys, like I told you guys, you'll be hearing from him a lot more in the future. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the love and support I've been getting. Please continue to reach out. If there's anything specific you would like me to cover... I usually reach out on social media every couple of days and ask, but feel free to email me. Uh, my email is zachwhiteaz at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, let's keep uh, keep chatting. But for now, I'll let you guys go, and I will talk to you guys soon.